Chapter Thirty Two of The Life and Adventures of James P. Beckworth by Thomas D. Bonner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gary Ullman. Chapter Thirty Two First Trip to New Mexico. Return to the Indians with Goods. Success in Trade. Enter into Business in St. Fernandez. Got Married. Return to the Indians. The fortunate speculation proceed to California with goods. I had now accumulated a considerable sum of money and thought I might as well put it to some use for my own profit as risk my life in the service of others while they derived a lion's share for my industry. It was now about three years since I had left St. Louis on my present excursion and I began to weary of the monotony of my life. I was within five days' journey of New Mexico, and I determined upon going to take a look at the northern portion of this unbounded territory. I had but one man with me named Charles Town when I started upon my new exploration. On our road thither, we passed near to a Utah village, and two or three of their warriors presented themselves before us to hold a parley while the chief sat down on a log close by. They said, as we reined in our horses for a moment, you make our paths bad by coming into our country. You will go back and tell the Cheyennes and Arapahoes where we are. They will then come and kill us and steal our horses. Come here. Our chief wants to see you. This was spoken in tolerably good Spanish. Come on, said I, addressing my companion. Let us not be annoyed by these trifling Indians. And I urged my horse against the Indian spokesman, knocking him into the dirt. He arose, exclaiming, Woof! Shawnee! We then rode on without further molestation. They evidently mistaken me for a Shawnee. They had robbed several white men, and after beating them savagely, had liberated them. I had no matter of fear of them, for I knew them to be a great cowards. With one hundred and fifty good crow warriors, I would have chased a thousand of them. We passed on into St. Fernandez, and found quite a number of American traders there, established in a business and supplying both mountaineers and Indians with goods. Here I encountered an old acquaintance named Lee, with whom I entered into partnership. We purchased 100 gallons of alcohol and a stock of fancy articles to return to the Indian country and trade for robes and other peltry. We visited the Cheyennes on the south fork of the Platte. We passed Bent's Fort on our way thither. He hailed us and inquired where we were going. I informed him that we were on our way to the Cheyenne village. He, he begged me not to go as I value my safety. It was only the day previous, he said, that he had traded them and bought eighteen horses from their village. They came the next morning and took them forcibly back and threatened him with their guns. If he said a word against their proceedings, I replied to him that I anticipated no danger and left him to pass on to their village. The Indians were delighted at my arrival. I had heard that the whooping cough was very prevalent prevalent among the children and as we happened to have several baskets of corn and beans and a large quantity of dried pumpkins 
we could not have come at a more opportune moment i told the indians in answer to their welcome that i had come back to see there because i had heard their children were all sick i called attention to my stock of vegetables as coolants as being best adapted for food for their children and the best calculated to restore them to health besides i added i brought a little whiskey along to put good life into your hearts they were then in their sobered feelings which will return to them after their carousels and which present so dangerous a time to the trader their horses were all away their robes were gone they had nothing to show in return for them their children were sick and dying their wives mourning and half distracted and they could obtain nothing at the fort to alleviate their sufferings i could understand the whole corollary of incidents like their intemperate white brethren who will occasionally review manners after a prolonged spree and who will see the effects of dissipation in their desolate homes their heart-broken wives their ragged and starving children what are their feelings at such contemplation unquestionably hostility against the cause of their destitution whether they recognized it in themselves the willing instruments or the liquor that infatuated them or the dealer that supplied it to them the indians seem to have one circle of reasoning and invariably vent their spleen upon the trader it was this reactionary feeling that had led the indians to recover by force of arms the horses they had parted with previously i knew better how to manage them i deposited my goods at old bark's lodge who fell highly honored with the trust the villagers collected round, and a dispute arose among them whether the whiskey should be broached or not. Porcupine Bear objected, and Bobtail Horse, his brother-in-law, strongly advocated my opening the kegs. This led to a warm altercation between the two warriors, until the disputed question was to be decided by the abatrement of battle they both left the lodge to prepare for the combat and returned in a few minutes fully armed and equipped porcupine bear argued his cause in the following strain cheyennes look at me and listen well to my words i am now about to fight my brother i shall fight him and shall kill him if i can in doing this i do not fight my brother but i fight the greatest enemy of my people once we were a great and powerful nation our hearts were proud our arms were strong but a few winters ago all other tribes feared us now the pawnees dared across our hunting grounds and kill our buffalo once we could beat the crows and unaided destroy their villages now we call other villages to our assistance and we cannot defend ourselves from the assault of the enemy how is this cheyennes the crows drink no whiskey the earnings of their hunters and toils of their women are bartered to the white man for weapons and ammunition this keeps them powerful and dreaded by their enemies we kill buffalo by the thousands our women's hands are sore with dressing the robes and what do we part with them to the white trader for we pay them for the white man's fire water which turns our brains upside down which makes our hearts black and renders our arms weak it takes away our warrior's skills makes them shoot wrong in battle our enemies who drink no whiskey 
when they shoot always kill their foe we have no ammunition to encounter our foes and we have become as dogs which have nothing but their teeth our prairies were once again covered with horses as the trees were covered with leaves where are they now asked the crows who drink no whiskey when we are all drunk they come and take them from before our eyes our legs are helpless and we cannot follow them we are only fearful to our women take up their children and conceal themselves among the rocks and in the forests for we are wolves in our lodges we growl at them like bears when they are famishing our children are not sick our women are weak with watching let us not scare them away from our lodges with their sick children in their arms the great spirit will be offended at it i had rather go to the great and happy hunting ground now than live and see the downfall of my nation our fires begin to burn dim and will soon go out entirely many people are becoming like the pawnees they buy the whiskey of the trader and because he is weak and not able to fight them they go and steal from his lodge i say let us buy of the crow what is useful and good but his whiskey we will not touch let him take that away with him i have spoken all i have to say and if my brother wishes to kill me for it i am ready to die i will go and sit with my fathers in the spirit land where i shall soon point down to the last expiring fire of the cheyennes and when they inquire the cause of this decline of their people i will tell them with a straight tongue that it was the fire water of the trader that put it out old bark then advanced between the two belligerents and thus spoke cheyennes i am your great chief and you know me my word of this day shall be obeyed the crow has come among us again and has brought us good things that we need he has brought us a little whiskey he is poor while we are yet strong and we will buy all he has brought with him this day we will drink it will make us merry and feel good to one another we will all drink this once but we will not act like fools we will not quarrel and fight and frighten our women and children now as warriors give me your weapons this fiat admitted no appeal it was law and gospel to his people disobedience to his command subjected the offender to immediate death at the hands of the dog soldiers the warriors delivered up their battle axes and the old chief handed them to me crow he said he take these weapons that i have taken from my two children keep them until we have drunk up your whiskey and, and let no one have them till i bid you now crow we are ready slim face and gray head two dog soldiers then harangued the village and desired all who wished to trade to come and bring their robes and horses to old bark's lodge and to remember that they were trading with the honest crow and not with the white man and that what they paid him was his they answered the summons in flocks the women first according to my established rule my corn beans and pumpkins exhaled like the dew and i received in exchange their beautiful fancy robes the women served the men next came in for whiskey i sold on credit to some when one wanted thus to deal he would tell me what kind of a horse a mule he had i would appeal to old bark for confirmation of the statement if he verified it i served the liquor they all got drunk 
porcupine bear the temperance orator with the rest but there was not a single fight all passed off harmoniously i received over four hundred splendid robes beside moccasins and fancy articles when i was ready to leave thirty-eight horses and mules a number corresponding to what i had marked were brought forward i packed up my peltry and sent my partner on in advance with everything except the horse i rode telling him i would overtake him shortly i had reserved a five-gallon keg of whiskey unknown to all and when about to start i produced it and presented it to the crowd they were charmed and insisted on making me a return they brought me over forty of their finest robes, such as the young squaws finished with immense labor to present to their lovers. Old Bark gave me a good mule to pack them, and another chief gave me a second. I then took my leave, promising to return by leaf fall. When I passed Ben to this post, he was perfectly confounded. He had seen one train pass belonging to me, and now I was conducting another when at the same time he had supposed that there was not a robe in the village. Beckworth, said he, how you manage Indians as you do beats my understanding. I told him that it was easily accounted for, that the Indians knew that the whites cheated them, and knew that they could believe what I said. Beside that, they naturally felt superior in confidence in me on account of my supposed affinity of race. I had lived so much among them, I could enter into their feelings and be in every respect one of themselves. This was an inducement which no acknowledged white trader could ever hope to hold out. I rode on and overtook my partner in advance. He had had an adventure. A party of Cheyennes, led by a chief named Three Crows, had met him and rifled him of a three-gallon keg of whiskey, which we had reserved for our own use on our way to St. Fernandez. The chief stopped him and said, I smell whiskey, and we must have some. My partner told him that he had none. Whoa, my nose don't lie, but your tongue does. I smell it strong, and if you do not hand it out, we shall unpack all your horses and find it. Well, said the man, I have a little, but it belongs to the crow, and he wants it himself. Give it to me, said the chief, and tell him that three crows took it. There was no alternative, and he gave him the keg. They carried it along until they came to a creek, where they sat down and had a jollification. I passed them while they were in the midst of it, but did not see them, although they saw me. When I met the chief some time subsequently and charged him with the larceny, he gave me ten robes and a good host to compound the felony. We shot several buffalo on our way, enough to load all our horses with meat and tallow. We exchanged our effects in Santa Fe for goods and carried them to San Fernandez, a distance of sixty miles. Here we established a store as our headquarters for the Indian trade, where I resided some time, living very fast and happily, according to the manner of the inhabitants. Among other doings, I got married to Senorita Luis Sandoval. In the fall, I returned to the Indian country, taking my wife with me. We reached the Arkansas about the 1st of October, 1842, where I erected a trading post and opened a successful business. 
in a very short time i was joined by from fifteen to twenty free trappers with their families we all united our labors and constructed an adobe fort sixty yards square by the following spring we had grown into quite a little settlement and we gave it the name of pueblo many of the company devoted themselves to agriculture and raised very good crops the first season such as wheat corn oats potatoes and abundance of almost all kinds of vegetables when the spring trade was over i sent all my peltry to independence and brought with the proceeds three thousand dollars worth of articles suitable for the trade in new mexico but on the arrival of the goods the whole country was in a ferment on account of colonel cook's expedition from texas which resulted so disastrously for the parties concerned this affected the minds of the new mexicans unfavorably for my interest inasmuch as their former preference for united states novelties was now turned into strong repugnance for everything american i therefore could obtain no sale for my goods and determined to return to my indian friends i bought a load of whiskey to trade for a horse to pack my goods to california where i intended removing i succeeded in my adventure and obtained forty horses and mules upon which i packed my merchandise quickly find myself on the way to the golden state i started with fifteen men three of whom were mexican when i reached the utah country i found that the indians were waging exterminating war upon the mexicans but i did not learn it in time to save the lives of my three unhappy followers who lagging too far in the rear were set upon by the indians and slain in passing through their country i did considerable trading exchanging my merchandise for elk deer and antelope skins very beautifully dressed i arrived in pueblo de angeles california in january eighteen forty four there i indulged in my new passion for trade and did a very profitable business for several months at the breaking out of the revolution in eighteen forty five i took an active part against the mother country of which i will furnish some details in my next chapter End of chapter thirty two